Alright, good afternoon everyone. Welcome to an episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend with your host Dustin, also known as Sparky slash the Godfather when it comes to uh, the road group rides that I lead on Tuesdays. Uh, Today is Thursday, December 28th. I have no concept of time uh, this particular week. I am all out of sorts. I don't know about you, but uh, the week in between Christmas and New Year's, um, it's feeling very much already like a write-off. I meant to do a workout. I overslept the alarm. Granted, that alarm does go off at 5.30 a.m., so you'll have to understand that. Um, And I'm totally behind on a whole week of training, but you know what? It's a time to relax, reset a little bit, recover even a little bit more, and hopefully come back strong. This episode is not about that. This episode is actually going to be about, uh, I kind of want to do a Q and a, so you know what? Hit me up with your questions. Um, if you're using the anchor app, you can hit the little button onto the side of the record called call in. You can actually call in your question. I will answer it this episode and you can also hit me up on the usual, uh, on the usual things I would have to say are Twitter, Instagram, DMs, um, and Facebook. There is a Facebook page for this podcast. Uh, hit that up if you want to ask a question. And I will answer your questions throughout uh, the course of the late afternoon slash evening. Until then, I'm going to probably uh, intersplice it with a little bit of uh, bike shop recording and insights. I have no clue who I'm working with this evening. Like I said, I am completely out of sorts. So this is going to be a few interesting uh, little segments as I address your questions. So hopefully we'll get to that as soon as we can. How are you spending your uh, week in between Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, the holidays, or just another day, and New Year's, if you're following the Gregorian calendar here? Um, Yeah, I want to know. That could be one of the questions. And that's me asking a question to you. So hit me up with your answers. Cool, cool. On with the show. I think that's pretty much all the lights. How did I forget that one? my throat before I started recording. Uh, All back from uh, a very, very, very quiet evening at uh, the bike shop today. Um, Being so frigid and arctic in terms of air and winter uh, horribleness, there was pretty much no no customers really in the shop. Uh, My fellow staff were very uh, much consumed by their own projects, personal projects, or work projects. So there wasn't really much uh, time to interact with uh, each other and kind of record any of that. So 
Uh, the segment that you heard earlier is actually me walking around, shutting off the lights uh, for the displays, and uh, we're doing some kind of rewiring because we're putting up a sign uh, where the light was being plugged in and out previously is now no longer working, so that was an interesting discovery today. Um, so beyond the, the nuance of uh, closing duties, I am going to get to the questions that you have asked me on uh, here as well as on other social media. Um, primarily, I get a lot of, I'm getting a lot of the uh, questions coming through uh, Instagram DMs uh, randomly, which is great. Um, but you can reach me on Twitter, Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N-W-H-T is my Twitter handle. It's also uh, my Instagram handle. And you can also do a call in here if you're a user of the Anchor platform. But uh, I'm just going to quickly hit off a few of these questions here. Um, first up is, what's my favorite animal? I'm going to say uh, possibly either a fox or a crow, as I have both tattooed on me. Um, or even an owl. I kind of dig owls. They're pretty cool, too. But uh, probably a fox. I like foxes. They're kind of cool-looking animals. Um, favorite coffee. Now, if it is going to be a milk-based coffee, like a cappuccino or a latte, I'm actually a huge, huge fan of Cortado's slash Gibraltar's or Piccolo. Um, uh, when I was a barista, I was a fan of all three of those drinks. Very much dependent that drink is very much dependent on the temperature of the milk that you're steaming so for myself the enjoyment of that drink is based on the barista's skill level so i find that's like almost um a weird test i like to sort of trial baristas on uh in terms of my enjoyment of that particular drink uh otherwise when it comes to brew and batch or brewed coffee uh and extractions and that method um I'm going to have to say it's going to be, uh, I'm going to have to say it's going to be, uh, a pour over. Um, I really enjoy those when I have time to actually sit and enjoy one. Um, and then as far as beans go, I am very much a, uh, fan. I'm actually a true fan of, uh, a lot of South American coffees at the moment. Um, Anything that's really on the jammy sort of, yeah, sort of jammy berry, uh, stone fruit, um, sort of side of things with like a chocolate finish, I am just an absolute sucker for. Uh, I really enjoy like the juiciness of those coffees. As you can tell, I do drink enough coffee to somewhat talk the talk. Um, but yeah, hopefully that answers that question there. Um, my age and my height. Uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Again, I'm trying to clear my throat here. Um, I am currently 36 years old, going to be turning 37 in June. Uh, I am 184? 85? 185 centimeters tall, uh, also known as six foot. If I have enough sleep, I am known as six foot one. So um, that answers that question. Uh, and I guess I'm going to supplement, someone's going to ask me about weight. So my weight last time I checked at the beginning of the month, I weighed, uh, 64.9 kilos. Uh, and that is, oh geez, I didn't measure it in pounds. So you'll have to forgive me. Uh, 
you know what? Do a quick Google thing. It'll figure it out for you. Cool? Awesome. All right, and we're back to the next segment of uh, the Q&A. This actually was maybe one of my favorite questions that I've been asked in a little while here. Um, If I was king of road cycling and cyclocross, um, what would I do, I guess? Um, Yeah, that really got me thinking. So I actually wrote a whole bunch of stuff down, actually, to answer this question. So my first thing, uh, my decree as king uh, of road cycling and cyclocross, I'll just say cycling, um, would be that the rider number is based on where you finished the previous season. So um, road cycling, they actually do finish, start and finish their season uh, within the calendar year. Cyclocross is a little different because it does bleed into the following year. Um, So this might not work for them, but for road cycling, I would love to see it if um, the rider position number that you get the previous year, uh, there's approximately, ooh, I think last I saw, there's maybe around four to 500 cyclists, I think, all said um, professionally in the World Tour Continental ranks, or Pro Continental, I should say. Uh, so the sub-league, right before the guys that are automatically going to the Tour de France, Uh, just to catch you up as to what I'm talking about, they're all ranked by points. So at the end of the year, the person with the most points is the number one rider overall, if that makes sense. They used to give a jersey away for this particular accomplishment. They they don't do that anymore because I guess it's too much, but I'd love to see that competition come back. But I think a great middle ground would be in, say, 2017, the number one rider with the most points becomes number one screen printed onto their jersey for the 2018 season. So at the end of 2018, what if that number one rider is no longer number one? What if they're number two or if they drop uh, considerably down to like 50, what have you? Um, Their number for 2019 is going to change accordingly to what their 2018 ranking was. Does that make sense? I'd love to see that. It would get away with, you would have like um, the way football players and baseball players and hockey players and uh, other sports have numbers associated with that particular athlete. However, in cycling, it could still be weird and strange that way. The number changes on the jersey, thereby, you know, a particular year you can identify that riders jersey by the fact that they were that particular number additionally i think it would be interesting if someone purposely tried to get only x amount of points so they can maintain their ranking overall so they can keep their number for two years in a row that would be interesting unto itself uh just at a pure like you're trying to you like being number eight so you're trying to only get the certain amount of points to be number eight if that makes sense that'd be really interesting um, kind of running out of time here for this particular segment. Um, by 2020, I would have as king of uh, road cycling and cyclocross, I guess, all road cycling bikes um, get disc brakes and are going to be using uh, 100, sorry, uh, 15 millimeter front and rear through axles, as well as um, I would like to see mainly threaded 
bottom brackets, uh, external bottom brackets, I should be saying, you know what, you can make the, and manufacturers can easily make the gains in uh, frame design to accomplish this. Um, headsets as well, I would love to see standardized across the board hub sizes and engagements. Um, the spacing therein, so that way the frames have to actually take a certain moratorium. And gears as well as the brakes, again, back to disc brakes. Um, I would love to see all that be standardized across the board. I don't care if SRAM, Campagnolo, uh, Shimano are making it, uh, 3T decided to do something, uh, FSA I think is rumored to be doing something. If they all follow the same damn standards, I would love to see that just go across the board. You get uh, a freeze of five years and everyone has to play nice with that five years. And then at the end of that, in that fourth year going into year five, you get to review and then make your innovations going into the next five years. I don't know about you. I think that's a great idea. All right. As a... Uh you're king of uh, all things cycling here. Um, I'm going to sort of delve into the bike shop side of things. Um, I would actually do a full-on ban of 32mm Presta valve tubes for 700C tires. Um, the reason why is that length of Presta valve is the most frustrating thing I've encountered in the bike shop uh, in recent years. It is a futile length. It doesn't work for most uh, modern uh, rims for road bikes, uh, cyclocross bikes. Um, it really only fits box profiled uh, road bikes. And even then, I don't know many bikes uh, nowadays that even can handle that particular box rim. Um, if someone ever buys one and they left it in their flat repair fix thing and their buddy gets a flat or if they get a flat good luck trying to get uh, a pump head actually onto that valve because it just ends up disappearing into any mid sort of arrow rim uh whatsoever it's just a futile experience you might as well just call your buddies your family uh boyfriend girlfriend parent loved one to come and pick you up because you're just not going to inflate that tire appropriately enough to seat it and probably get a flat within three minutes and enjoy your lovely bit of frustration. I would just do that for the greater good of society. Um, another thing I would do is uh, a $10 instantaneous fine for anyone coming in saying, I was just riding along and they are expecting service. I feel like that's... Yeah, if you work in the industry, you know that catchphrase instantaneously. You almost want to crack open a beer and just listen to the song, uh, to the song and dance of them explaining what's going on, while you enjoy that beer. Um, you know, it, the ten bucks would pay for your beers, right? That'd be great. Um, sorry, I think the plural for beer is beer. So, I, I, I retract my grammatically. Uh, I'm a king. I'm not flawless here. Jeez, come on. Um, back to the racing side of things. I would actually uh, love to see a 30-day racing minimum for anyone who's going to participate in a Grand Tour. If you're a sprinter, time trialist, what have you, um, I'd love to see like the Grand Tour riders, the guys in charge of trying to win the whole thing, or the guys supporting them. I want to see them racing a minimum of 30 days before they do a Grand Tour event. Um, 
I think it would really sort of whittle down like the mediocre from the exceptional. And also it's going to be a, become a battle of like who's healthiest and who can stay the healthiest for longer. Right. So, and also I'm not saying to like the 30 days aren't consecutive before you go and do a grand tour. I'm just saying it has to be a logged amount of 30 days. Um, to most superstar riders, that's actually like half their season. And I find that absolutely ridiculous for guys that are getting paid X amount of millions of dollars to like race. And they're only doing really 30 days of racing. Um, that's like considered half their season. I'd love to see that like expanded just cause, um, eras before that's what they were doing. So it's a lot of well-rested riders. And I know recovery is a huge part of training and training is a huge part of racing, but I think, uh, it would be really encouraging to see more adaptive slash all rounder riders, uh, participate in one day events. Um, as well as one week events and it would maybe also help the smaller organizers get more big names showing up at their races because they have to log in these races um, I'm not saying they have to go out and win these races either um, I just want them to sort of you know make make it worth their while to actually go and put in the work before they have to go and put in the work for a grand tour um, I know there's going to be a lot of blowback on that particular view but hey i'm the king in this particular podcast uh of all things cycling so if you got any comments or questions or even uh interjections i would love to have someone call in let me know what's up and also you can reach me on uh any kind of comment via the anchor platform as well as well as twitter facebook and instagram so i'm waiting for you All right, I think this is going to be my last segment of the Q&A. Um, again, this goes back to the uh, if I was uh, the emperor or king of all things cycling, I guess it would be also bleeding into bike shops and retailers. Um, this is going to be more on the retailer side of it. I would actually have, uh, as one of my decrees, a lifetime warranty on bike frames whether it's coming from a small or a large manufacturer against the defect, uh, manufacturer defects. Um, I've never encountered this myself and I've never, uh, quite seen it like this extensive that it's like a big, big problem. But I'm just thinking that the amount of time that it took for someone to actually engineer a bike properly. And if, the execution of that design fails, um, whether it's the carbon layup, whether it's um, riding conditions that maybe the bike wasn't meant to be in, I guess, in some ways. Uh, like, say, the infrastructure of a road bike you're riding on, it's choppy, it's like riding on gravel, but it still looks like a paved road. Um, and you know the frame cracks on you what have you i don't feel that like the lifetime warranty should be in effect whether you're a small manufacturer or a large one um the large guys have the benefit of actually offering that feature uh, i know my bike shop we really try to only work with uh companies that are featuring that because we believe the length of a product is also uh, the length of a relationship between the customer and our shop. So 
Having said that, the reason why I feel that like smaller companies need to sort of up the uh, ante to some degree is if you're sort of wanting to compete against those big guys, offering like a five-year warranty on your particular bike is kind of bullshit. Um, you're trying to like you're charging a premium to actually compete with those big boys, and yet you can't even fulfill like the warranty claim that they're offering to for the price um it makes me scratch my head as to i know that the smaller guys have more room to innovate on design as well as execution however the big boys are going to take care of their customer longer in the long run so you know what's the value what's the trade-off so um as king i would just say a blanket statement of you know what you committed to making bikes for the enjoyment of someone's usage I say you have to maintain that for as long as you can that you're in business. Um, you know, it's just good business practice. That's that's sort of what I'm coming from here. Um, yeah, I think that might be it uh, for the questions that I got today. Thank you very much for everyone who uh, submitted questions. Um, again, uh, they all mostly asked anonymously. Um, and I appreciate that, but if you do want your name dropped, just let me know when you let the question be known, um, and I will totally give you a shout out here on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. I've got uh, a few more ideas to sort of percolate over uh, the next couple days as we go into the new year. Uh, the big one I think that I wanna leave you with is your goals for 2018. Um, I'm not saying resolutions because I don't believe one needs to be resolute to get through a year. Um, but if you have goals and such, I'm interested to hear what they are. Uh, and if you're okay with it, I'd like to share it with uh, my listeners. So if you have any goals, let me know. Um, again, you can reach me at Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N-W-H-T, uh, on Twitter, as well as Facebook. Uh, it's going to be my name. Dustin White, as in the color, um, you can reach me there. Uh, it's going to look like a very puzzled, sort of scruffy-looking fellow with a cycling cap on. Um, that's just a quick tell of what the Facebook page looks like, as well as on Instagram. D-U-S-W-H-T is my handle. Uh, you can reach me there. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, comments, and uh, insights actually that you would like me to address. I would love to hear it. Until then, I think I'm gonna call it a night and hopefully you have yourself a good night where you are. From the Bike Shop Boyfriend, peace.